Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. The COVID-19 shots, what has the impact been on pregnancy outcomes and menstrual function, and what is the impact on the child, but particularly on infertility? We're going to talk to an expert OBGYN today on faith and freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead, Dr. James Thorpe is our expert board certified OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine physician, 43 years experience with high-risk pregnancies, and sees about 8,000 high-risk pregnancies per year. Dr. Thorpe, uh, you have published an article, COVID-19 Vaccines, the Impact on Pregnancy Outcomes and Menstrual Function. You're also coming out with another article that we'll post as soon as that's published, also dealing with shedding, somebody who is around someone who has had the shot, but they themselves have not had the shot, they are female, and the impact that that might have with regards to their own menstrual cycle functions and so forth. But let's talk about fertility or infertility. Uh, are you seeing data worldwide or in any source that is um, sufficient enough at this stage to begin to draw conclusions regarding the fertility with regards to the COVID-19 vaccines or shots? Have they been causing infertility? There's no question that they've been associated with infertility. Uh, that That's absolutely um, a fait accompli. Uh, it has substantially uh, decimated fertility rates, both on the female and the male perspective. The, my patients are the rate limiting factor for all of human genome and future humanity. It's, it's less so the male. Most importantly, it's the ova. Hmm. So what are you seeing with regards to the data that's out there? Uh, what kind of um, percentages or um, indicia of uh, infertility are we discovering? Well, we're looking, it's very difficult to quantitate, but there's, a, uh, there's an irrefutable trend uh, in both male and, and female. Um, we're looking, and this is a guesstimate, but we're looking at least at a 10% reduction in fertility rates from my uh, in my opinion, and from my clinical experience. Bill Gates, he did this TED Talk, I yeah. believe it was 2010, mm -hmm. and he had a four-point plan to reduce carbon emissions to zero by the year uh, 2050, perhaps. Um, and the first part of the plan was uh, dealing with humans themselves. The other parts were dealing with different kinds of use of uh, carbon-related um, fuels and so forth. But the first one was what he would call reproductive health care, which he's talking about abortion. I get that. that he, he wants to reduce human population by 10 to 15 percent. So if there's 7 billion people on the planet at the time when he was talking, talk about 10 percent. Uh, that is a large, large population to decrease 7 billion people by 10 percent. Abortion, I understand. That, that takes the life of a human being. So I understand how that reduces population. But the other part of it was vaccines, universal vaccines. He wanted to have universal vaccines. So it was providing more abortion with his euphemism, reproductive health care, and vaccines. And I was always thought, 
well, if his view is that vaccines are to make you more healthy, how does that reduce human population? The point is, you can get into the debate of what he meant. I don't want to spend time on that. But the fact is, he wants, and others like him, to reduce human population. Now, that's not talking about generations, 30 years to reduce it, because he's got a time frame. He's got a ticking time bomb, if you will, in his worldview. Climate change is going to destroy the planet by 2050, or for some, by 2030. So you've got to do this quickly. You've got to reduce human population. What we're seeing here is, I feared, and I think what we're seeing here is that the COVID shots globally are reducing human population by deaths, by miscarriages, fetal deaths, and also by infertility. You don't have to comment on whether you agree with that or not necessarily. But the point is, are we seeing, as a result of the COVID shots, a death and also infertility? Yes. The um, incredible thing that you have listed in your research is not only the menstrual cycles was a huge increase, 1,200 times, I think it was, increase globally uh, of abnormalities compared with before the shots, an increase in miscarriages, fetal chromosome abnormalities, fetal malformation, fetal cystic hygroma. I'm not quite sure what that particular phrase means. Maybe you can explain it. Sure. Uh, uh, It's a relatively uncommon um, malformation that we often see about 10 weeks, 12 weeks, and it is um, 50% of the time it goes on to uh, cause a, um, a, a loss. Um, but it's an abnormal development of the lymph system connected to the vein in the neck. Mm. You also have fetal cardiac disorders, fetal arrhythmia, fetal cardiac arrest. So that's unborn children having heart attacks in the womb. Yeah, fetal vascular malperfusion, fetal growth abnormalities, fetal abnormality surveillance. Uh, You have fetal placental thrombosis, low anemic fluid. Uh, You have uh, premature delivery, fetal stillbirth, premature baby death, and you have preeclampsia. Preeclampsia. So if these children are surviving... Sounds like many of them are coming out with all kinds of disabilities as a result of the COVID shots. Well, it's important, I I think, to understand that there's a lot of babies that are coming out normal, too. Okay, so this is an idiosyncratic reaction that doesn't adversely affect every single mother and every single fetus. It's significantly increasing risks. It's difficult to quantitate even from our study, because these are relative comparisons. One of the things I was talking to uh, some individuals, and one of the questions is, why is it that somebody takes a shot um, and they don't have an adverse reaction, and somebody else takes a shot and they do have an adverse reaction? Uh, One of the things some of the experts that that I've talked to, Peter McCullough is one of them, said that uh, it appears that there are certain lot numbers that are having more adverse reactions than others. Um, and another one said something to the effect of that, you know, early on you used to have this statement that you had to have the mRNA at a certain temperature, otherwise it degrades. And now you don't have any of those statements. Uh, you don't seem to see any surveillance or follow-up or quality control exercised by the FDA and the CDC, for example. 
Um, and so perhaps what you're seeing is individuals having a more, quote, pure dose, having a more reaction than someone who had a degraded dose. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is why that is happening. Some get injured, some don't. Is that what you're seeing in your practice in general with OBGYN is an alarming increase of all these abnormalities compared to prior to the COVID shot rollout? That's absolutely correct. Couldn't have stated it better myself. It's an idiosyncratic reaction. It doesn't. We don't seem to be able to predict who will. We, uh, Doctor uh, Peter and I, both have some strong uh, beliefs and some circumstantial evidence that there's seems to be familial and genetic component to it. Hmm. But my question is, but why are we using this experimental shot on pregnant women? It's an abomination. It's never, ever been done. Uh, the four, the, the three agencies, the four letter agencies that I've talking about uh, have completely uh, corrupted and abrogated, and they're on a mission to push this lethal vaccine in my patients all over the world. And I am, uh, I am in their face. I am challenging them. They are threatening me, and I will take them down. Uh, if it's the last thing I do. Those agencies well, that are supposed thank to be you, for doc- our health. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Dr. Thorpe, for doing that yes. and for your expertise and your boldness. Um, I mean, you see 8,000-plus high-risk patients every year. You're you're in the mission of saving people, and you see this travesty that's happened. Uh, we have his information, and we'll continue to post his articles of research. Dr. James Thorpe has been our special guest, board-certified OBGYN. For more information, go to lc.org, or specifically lc.org forward slash vaccine. That's lc.org forward slash vaccine. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org, where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org. You can also call us at 407-875-1776. Again, that phone number, 407-875-1776. Become an active partner of Liberty Council and make a difference in your community and across the nation. You can also call us at 407-875-1776. Again, that phone number, 407-875-1776. Become an active partner of Liberty Council and make a difference in your community and across the nation.